Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the great Joshua Molina, and we come up with a great business idea. It's a chain of gymnasiums for Hasidic Jewish teenage girls. Now, you'll have to listen. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You had a, you had a little prep emergency there just before you said that, Jordan. Yes. Uh, yeah, I did. It was almost a blooper. I mean, those those pops could have been unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Given the situation that you were involved in over there, as this literally the moment before you leaned into that microphone, Jordan. It's a good thing I have such nimble fingers and could uh, could move the uh, windscreen in front of the microphone. It's from all those years making Afghani rugs mm-hmm. in your childhood. Yeah. Um, hey, and listen. Generally sticking my fingers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Let's introduce our guest, Jordan. Uh, you know him as a veteran actor uh, from your television programs, including, uh, what are we looking at? West Wing, of course, Sports Night. Uh, you know him from his hilarious and madcap. Hey, yeah, I said it, Jordan. Yeah. Madcap, perhaps even zany web comedy series backwash. Really, we just asked him here because we want to ask him uh, about his character, Jeremy, from Sports Night and his character's love interest, Natalie. Yeah. We mm-hmm. just want to know what it's like to kiss Natalie. Joshua Molina. Hey. Welcome to the program, Josh. Thank you. Happy to be here. It is a pleasure to have you here. I, uh, I don't think that I ever mentioned our Jordan and my interest in the fictional character, Natalie, from Sports Night. Uh, I did not know till this moment why I was here. Mm. Um, well, I mean, look. We're both big fans of your work. Uh, you're we both, kind. We both love your uh, zany madcap web series backwash. Madcap, yes. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we love these things. I'm we, delighted. We, so we know that you can hold up your end of the program. But it's sort of like if you're a car salesman, you have to hold one piece back so that you can close the deal when the time comes. And the fact that you've kissed Natalie... Is pretty much. I mean, that closes the deal. That is true. That it's it. That, that my career may have peaked <laughs> when I when I kissed Natalie. Sure. Did you become more successful by most standard metrics? Yes. Think, yeah. Sure. Did absolutely. you Did yes. you go on to be on much more popular television programs in larger, more significant roles? Yes. Did but, was Natalie on those shows? No, she was on no. uh, Numbers. I think is the name of that show sure, that she was on. Did I fulfill? Greater nerd fantasies? No, no. That did I've you, not gone did you <laughs> did you live the life that Jordan and I dreamed of living when we were sixteen and fifteen years old, no, respectively? No, there you go. No, and, you and, didn't. And fr- frankly, had I been better looking, it, uh-huh. wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked either. Well, you're pretty. People would have been like, no, though. No, that's uh, but I'm you not don't like sell yourself guy. short. You're a pretty handsome man, well, Joshua I, Molina. I'm, I'm feel average. 
I'm, hey, I'm maybe, comfortable with average. Look, maybe your show business average. I'll give you show <laughs> oh, business no, show, average. Oh, no, I'm a d- disastrous no, you're show, a show business You're show business average, but I'm going to give you a, at least a solid eight across America, right? Ah, you're very kind. He's a handsome it, man. It might be the lighting in jo- the I mean, I, Josh, I, I kind of know this the sliding show business scale you mentioned. Uh, the other day, I auditioned for a role. Uh, titled uh, the the name of the role in the breakdown or the kind of notice you get for the audition was unattractive man. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't get it, did you? I didn't get Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, but I oh I wanted you it. You know what that means? Uh, you're, not a you're a looker, either. not a superhero. Just uh, someone that bought. Oh, who was I bothering in line? I don't know. Oh, the brunette from How I Met Your Mother. I was ah, bothering her in line sure. with my unattractiveness. Sure. Anyways. Ain't that always the way? Mm-hmm. You, but you were too good looking. That for was probably you know that was probably it. I mean, I don't know what the what the casting people. I don't, I don't know what goes on behind those closed doors. But I would assume too fuckable. They probably said and wrote that, that across my headshot. Exactly. They should have given it <laughs> you to, to you to keep. <laughs> they just burned it right there on the spot. I was right? once. I wasn't allowed to audition for a play because I wasn't good looking enough, and that's what they told what? my agent. And Paul they, Rudd got the role. Well, Paul Rudd. So there you go. Very good looking. Yeah, I am no know. Paul Rudd. I did think put their money better. where their mouth was. I did you know? feel better when I, I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think we're all pretty gay for Paul Rudd. Yes, exactly. Sure. But it's a play. I'm like from the back. Yeah, that's, that was my thing. Like, yeah, sit really far enough play. back. Sit far I mean, enough away. Can, I look like Paul Rudd. If they can, if they can <laughs> it's a big make, theater. if they can make like a 40 year old look like an 85 year old with a few lines of makeup and some rigid collodion, right, come on. then they can make you look at least as good looking as. Paul Rudd. I thought so. They did not. They can kick you up from 8 to 9.5. I thought so. Okay, was it just this one role, or did everyone in the play have to be of a Rudd-esque quality? No. Rudd-esque level of attractiveness? No, it was just this one one role. Hmm. And having read the play, I didn't particularly get that there wasn't. It wasn't a, like a, it wasn't like the stud of Inishmore. There, it was, it was <laughs> like just Henry Henry Miller, if yeah, I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it, was, it was just a play. I, I, I felt like they were saying nobody wants to look at you for an entire play. Was <laughs> it? So it was it okay? The whole cast. Did you did you see the play when it was produced? No, or God, that no. that would have been no. like it was. It was the uh, it was an Alfred Urey play called The Last Night of of Ballyhoo. It just don't even. It does not sound like a good-looking play, and there wasn't like a descriptor that says a real, you know, like uh, s- small and the kind of guy you'd want to be your friend, but also super handsome, a real Paul Rudd type. Nothing like that. <laughs> Nothing like that at all. Uh, you see, this is bullshit. I would have given it to Molina. Rudd's not sweating it. He had that thing on Cheers. He was on, oh, wait, not Cheers. Friends. Friends, Friends sure. Friends. I remember him on Friends. <laughs> he was on Friends. He had a very popular Super Nintendo commercial back in the day. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's very, if you go ahead and YouTube Paul Rudd's Super Nintendo commercial, it's delightful. And sadly, I will. Yeah, no, it's great. Everyone <laughs> should. He he he's in. He's. I think he's playing Super Nintendo in some sort of post-apocalyptic landscape. He wins a game and, and, and thrusts his fist skyward. Apparently, that's the first step of humanity sure. rebuilding itself as Paul Rudd winning it. I think F-Zero, I want to say. <laughs> Was anyway. it F- an F-Zero commercial? Yeah, I think so. I think I would have cast Molina in that one, too. Thank you. I would have gone Molina. That guy does not. You, you have to be Rudd cute for that. No. Molina cute. Glasses cute. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, you do not. You you smart, okay, people, cute. I guess. I guess we were talking about sports night. You you wore glasses throughout that show. I've I never. Did. When I've seen you in person, you have not had glasses. I've made the horrible mistake mm. of getting uh, surgery done. Those were when on sports mm. night I wore glasses and they were really mine and or mm-hmm. the, you know my prescription and all that. Mm. And some sometime post <clears throat> post sports night, 
I both had the money and the inclination. You had laser butts. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all- just when you go to the <laughs> Emmys in one of the gifting suites, somebody gives you a thousand laser bucks. <laughs> or there's exactly. just a guy back there with a laser. We Not should, all, we should also explain went- that laser bucks is the alternative currency that's used here in Hollywood. Sure. Oh, yeah. I've gotten all sorts of things with laser bucks. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but, uh, but and, you know, something went best, slightly wrong with They're the, best for buying Pinkberry. Yes. That's the number yes. one thing you can buy with That them. is true. That is true. It's a shame. Like, like, a young kid comes to Hollywood, he gets that first big commercial, and then those laser bucks just go right up his nose. Mm-hmm. Did you, were you worried when you got laser surgery, were you worried that you were destroying your signature cute nerdiness? No, it's only now that I realize that that is, in fact, what I did. Oh. <laughs> it's now that I don't thought, work as much. I look in the mirror and my eyes. your health. Absolutely. And my, and, you know, and I wanted to, you know, the, the commercials got me. I wanted to wake up and look at the clock without getting my glasses and be like, oh, it's 12 p.m. Have you thought about maybe getting a pair of cute girl who works at the comic book store fake glasses? I'm I'm absolutely headed there. Mm. In fact, I'm convincing myself that despite having had the surgery that I, I think I need a slight correction. You know, I'm I, a little bit embarrassed to just now get glasses that are, whose only uh, function is to cover my oldness and the lines in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been going through this myself because a, a good friend of mine is known for his signature eyewear and show business. And got surgery. Uh, Yes, Drew Carey. (laughs) Uh, My close personal friend, Drew Carey, from The Price is Right. Uh, That's how he prefers to be referred to, by the way. (laughs) He prefers people to forget his 30-year stand-up career. He's had his name, I think, legally changed to Drew Carey of The Price is Right. (laughs) The fact that he appeared on Carson. Um, No, a a friend of mine is known in show business for his signature eyewear and got that surgery and has decided to hang on to his signature eyewear for show business purposes because he is because they're so distinctive but he also wants to be able to look at the clock without putting his eyeglasses on and i have often looked forward to the time when my eye i my when my vision weakens enough for me to have signature eyeglasses because i'm hoping that it will make up for my receding hairline ah. i'm hoping that they will meet at some point that one of my infirmities will cancel out the other infirmity because i will have some kind of what you might loosely describe as architect glasses. Nice, yes. And the kind that I'm thinking about, I'm just going to run this by you guys, is a subset of architect glasses that you might describe as elderly Jew glasses, which, or also known as run DMC glasses. <laughs> uh, those are the two demographic groups that going. wear yes. these glasses. But a big, like Shelley Berman wears on um, right, Curb Your Curb. Enthusiasm, a, a big, a huge, heavy-rimmed, uh, and mine would be tortoise, not black. Sure. I've thought this through really <laughs> yeah. carefully. Um, a lot of glasses fantasies. Yeah, I do. And so my, I was talking to my wife about this, you know, my desire for a signature accessory. And she said, well, you should just get those glasses and just wear them. And she said, you're 30. Nobody's going to be like, so you need glasses now, huh? Mm, she's correct. But I... <sighs> I can't bring myself to do that. I feel like I need to have the infirmity to wear the... Because otherwise, I'm just a dick, right? I know. I don't think so. I really? I, 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 mainly, I, I don't think so because I'm about to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> really speaking to myself. I wore a neck brace to bars just as a conversation starter. <laughs> <laughs> well, bars and lawsuits. Sure. sure. Yeah, right. And to whiplash trials. <laughs> it's Jordan Jesse Go, our guest, Joshua Molina. We'll be back in just a second with more.
The program is Jordan, Jesse, Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Josh Molina, obscure actor. You're not very obscure. You've been on several popular television programs, and you're... You cut a very distinctive figure, being an adorable nerd character. <laughs> you're very and, kind. And uh, you're much beloved. I mean, yeah. shit, even Natalie was in love with you from Sports Night. Oh, Natalie. And that's basically the most attractive woman. <laughs> Sabrina Lloyd. Let's put a name to it. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know Sabrina Lloyd, but I do know Natalie from Sports Night. <laughs> Sabrina Lloyd might be a real raving bitch, for all I know. No, I bet she's, she's not. She's, and, you know, actually, she's, a, uh, she's an accomplished blogger or blogette. Is she really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, tell us. Say, I think tell us more, but don't look at us Can we look it up as we're us. doing it? I we think should... it's uh, Red Dirt Lattes. Red Dirt Lattes? I think so. I may be making that up. But yes, yeah, she writes a great travel blog. She's been all huh. over the world and done does all she, sorts of interesting she, okay, things. Okay, when she travels to a place, does she take a picture of herself in the indigenous costume of that, of that land? I think with that... With that, that would be really you, cool. Uh, okay. Yes. Then I think she does. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see her in a sari or... Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so I need, to, I need to ask you a question about your show, Backwash. Ah, yes. Now, we know... Madcap is what we were going yes, for. Madcap and Zany. Um, Some antics are involved. Yes, I think hijinks occasionally. Uh, sure. I think America knows you as um, a fast-talking Aaron Sorkin character. To, to the extent that America knows me, it is as such. Yes. Uh, it, you, you're, you're known as... I mean, you, uh, you have played what, what might be described as serial comedy. Sure, uh, sure. Across our television sets, from Sports Night to Larry Sand, I just saw you recently in an episode of Larry Sanders, the best television program ever. And um, you know, you you've played also com- you've played serio serious roles. That is true <laughs> as well. I think I know where you're headed with this. So the question is, I don't think that people who have seen your acting in the past would think, you know what I bet that guy's passion project is? The thing he would do for $50 and a gumball <laughs> machine? Uh, well, he's always wanted it. Anyone would do anything if they, for their own gumball no, machine. I'm still God, waiting on uh, my sister just from, for her last uh, birthday got a gumball machine. Really? Mm. I covet it, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. man, that yeah. sounds sweet. Yes. One of these days. You get the laser bucks, then her you get the gumball machine. fiance Jim got it for her. Yes, good yeah. gift. You can't buy that with real money. Hammaker <laughs> Schlemmer will not sell it to you unless you have laser bucks. <laughs> um... But what they wouldn't imagine is that your passion project is basically more antic than the Three Stooges. That is true. That is true. I th- and I think that's one of the uh, reasons why I did it. Was I, maybe I, I, I don't get cast in, I think, very frequently the kind of stuff I would like to do. I consider myself a comic actor, first and foremost, but that's not really where my career has taken me. So you would like, you would like to, essentially, uh, to essentially appear in a contemporary version of like a, a fast action um, sequence from a Little Rascals cartoon. Yes, very Only much good. so. Yeah. Only good. You, Backwatch is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the energy that the program has. Uh, yes, yes. No, I'm, I have no objection to any of that. Or did but... you just think you'd like to be cast in, say, Paul Rudd's role in 
my idiot brother. And so in order to get oh, from, Paul Rudd. in yeah. order to get from Aaron Sorkin, uh, in, in order to get from lovable Aaron Sorkin nerd to uh, Paul Rudd's, Paul Rudd's role in uh, my idiot brother, you have to overshoot it by an additional 100% so that if you split the difference, you end up as Paul Rudd. You know, I never broke it down. I think that's exactly what I've been trying <laughs> to do. Yes. Because I don't mean to, I don't mean to be flippant about it. Please do. But there aren't as many, there aren't many television programs or roles as insane as your web series is. <laughs> that is true. So if you're hoping to be cast in those kind of roles, you might be shooting at the wrong target. That's true. I may have overshot it in order to <laughs> to wheel back just into comedy in general, maybe. Yeah. It, it, is like, it is like your thing, though, right? It's you and uh, a couple of collaborators doing the whole soup to nuts operation. You're not just a hired hand in this thing. No, no. I wrote, uh, I wrote the whole thing. It was something that I started writing many, many years ago, thinking that uh, I would uh, my friend Michael Paynes and I I thought that I would write these two ridiculous characters that have sort of a master-slave knockabout physical Mm -hmm. comedy slapstick relationship it's a real commedia dell'arte type situation I hate to to say that but you know I I was weaned on (laughs) you know we talk about commedia dell'arte a fair amount (laughs) on this show so if if you're gonna want to describe it in those terms I'm not I didn't say that first if you want to bring up Puccinella and Il Dottore (laughs) we can get into it okay no no Harlequino no uh, not my no not my thing I would say more I, I was weaned on Abbott and Costello and the Marx Brothers I was a big chaplain fan, Buster Keaton. Sure. Uh, it's very Stoogian now that I look back at it, but yeah. as a kid, I, I wasn't as big a Three Stooges fan. Well, it's much more It's much more verbal than the Three Stooges yes, is, that's in right. addition like, a, to know, the action. Groucho was my hero, maybe, mm. if I had to pick one from the arts. Groucho Marx uh, has always been... Uh, I love the absurdity and the language and the ridiculous... The antics, if you will. What, sure. Was this... <laughs> now, you have, you have a level of fame uh, that while it may not get movies made... I would like to think that's for sure might get web series made. So are you when you go into that meeting and you are like, hey, guess what? I'm going to make a comedy series and uh, it's going to be completely insane. Yeah, that didn't work. I can't I cannot even launch a a, a web series. (laughs) And it was even and and Sony was, I think, uh, was very uh, candid about that because there came a time when they were like, "Okay, it's you and Michael Payne's and who's the other really famous person who will make this. Did they ask you to cast Paul Rudd? (laughs) There will be no Rudd. (laughs) Um, No, I did come, though. I know that uh, my greatest draw is as a conduit to actual celebrity. I have, ah. I, have a, I have a level of... I don't really have any level of fame. I have a level of recognizability that leads to multi-a-day... Did we go to high schools? No. I get a lot of that. Did we go to <laughs> high sure. school? You look very familiar well, to you me. also have a lot of credibility. I mean, there are plenty of did-we-go-to-high-school guys in Hollywood that lack your uh, gravitas. Uh, well, there you go. And gravitas and uh, Comedia dell'arte... <laughs> Combine those two. Well, yes. And you get one weird... Uh, Well, I don't know. All I do... There was a time where they were like, well, who are the people... You know, Crackle was like, well, we cater to young males primarily. People kind of know who you are, but you're old. (laughs) <laughs> and Michael Payne's, he seems great, but we don't really know who he is. Who else? Who else do you have? Do you got um, Jessica Biel over there? And that, yeah, exactly. But, that, but Michael Ian Black was a big. He helped make the whole oh. thing uh, gel. And then eventually, They're like get Ian Black or that Old Spice guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are the only two people 
They've kids got know who juice. they are. Yes. Um, but no, I did also, I super front-loaded it with a lot of uh, calling in every favor I could. I got John Hamm and Sarah Silverman and Hank Azaria, and I got Alice and Janney, Julie Hill from West Wing. I basically said, look, I'm, you know, the, here's the material. And so, you know, they read the scripts and they were on board conceptually. And I said, and, you know, we're going to, I'm going to bookend it with a celebrity every episode, uh, you know, introducing the episode kind of a la Masterpiece Theater. And uh, so that was, you know, I, I know how these things work. So <laughs> I, I, under, I understood that that would be part of the draw for them. And, and it I was. Need, I need to ask you a John Hamm question. Yes. Um, I, now, I don't personally know John Hamm, although he's friends with many people who I would consider myself friends with and i've never heard anything other than the kindest word in the world about john ham however there's this thing about john ham which is i've been he's done uh, like our friend jimmy pardo he, he does his shows regularly at the upright citizens brigade theater and and so i've been in like in close proximity to john ham right we've been on uh, we've been on jimmy's uh marathon shows that john ham has been on I get uncomfortable around John Hamm because he's too handsome. He is that. I kind of don't know what to do with myself. Like, I feel like I might fall. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, you know, and, and Josh, I'm a little uncomfortable around you because you know Natalie in the same, in the same way. I'm a little uh, uncomfortable I, around John Hamm because he knows Joan. I understand that, yeah. Joe. Oh, man, he sure yeah. does. So you, there, you guys each have you, a cloud wafts off you. That makes me want to uh, hide. <laughs> well, yeah, he is a remarkably nice guy, and he's 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 otherworldly in his. Uh, I think he's just a handsome, handsome other species kind of guy. Josh, I think we've established. Oh, just oh, sorry, sorry. Just, just yeah. on the on the on the on the kick of the bed. This will be very quick. Speaking did, of Joan, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Joan, um, here are some things I think Joan smells like. <laughs> uh, probably. Um, I did. Uh, I worked for Fuel TV at a celebrity surf event. Easily the best surfer at it, John Slattery. Really? No yes. Like really good. Like really, really good surfing. He's Anyways. really handsome too. He's also he is. Geez, Louise, <laughs> he's handsome. But he's he since he has the silver fox thing, I feel like I could go to him to be my mentor in handsomeness somehow. Sure. You know what I mean? Whereas John Hamm, John Ham would just punch me out. This is how I punch, by the way. Wow. It's yeah. sort of a hammer type motion. <laughs> it's robotic, but effective, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, you guessed wrong. <laughs> you guessed correct that it's robotic. I played poker with John Hamm once, and after the game, he like he swept up the floor of the apartment we were playing at. I was like, dude, you're already... You said, hey, listen <laughs> up, hey. Yeah. Listen You're already up, making Hambo. the rest of us look fucking bad <laughs> just by being here. You have to fucking sweep up and make sure. us look like complete here's a, here's ugly a, assholes. Here's a five-layer <laughs> dip that I've made. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back with more in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Josh Molina, yeah. Self deprecating, not really obscure. I'm not, no, he's not no. obscure at all. No, I'm not going to well say it known, anymore. Well known, popular <laughs> and beloved screen actor. <laughs> and I, I might have gone to high school with you, Josh Molina. <laughs> um, so I, uh, to kind of not, not to, to borrow a segment from our, our sister podcast, Stop Podcasting Yourself, 
Uh, Our friends the, in the MaximumFun.org they're network. They're the Canadian mm-hmm. us, Josh. Gotcha. If, if yeah. you have not heard this program, uh, I have. I have a few overseens. Um, I was. I was going to say they're nicer than us, but then I realized that was encompassed within they're the Canadian us. Yes, yeah. that's yes. It's like the, you guys with healthcare. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, and beer brands I've never heard of. Um, so I've, I have a couple of, I, I feel like I saw just a, a, a bevy of weird things this week that I think will probably spark some conversation. If not, hopefully they'll just be funny on their okay, own. Okay, great. Uh, so I'll just, uh, which, which one of these do you guys want to hear? I have my eyes. Which one do we want to hear? We don't know what they well, are, I'm Jordan. Gonna tell you the ti- I'm going to tell you uh. the note that I wrote down on okay. my iPhone. Like a you game can tell show. me, yeah, which of these sounds more interesting. <laughs> That's right. why I'm holding this super long, skinny microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, shoot. Charles Nelson Riley. Sorry. Uh, couldn't, think, couldn't think of that. I was going to make a Charles Nelson Riley joke. Could not think of it soon enough. I'm just going to move on. I suppose to get us to backtrack so I could say, wait, Jesse, say that thing again. Uh, Wink Martindale. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, do you guys want to hear fixed gear bike or colorful bird? I want to hear fixed gear bike. I was going to go bird. I don't know how we well, decide. Josh, now. I'm going to defer to Josh Molina, oh. the only person here who's kissed Natalie. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have. Uh, I was just walking through a parking lot the other day, and I saw this car. And um, on the car's rear view mirror, this car was parked. On the car's rear view mirror was a a beautiful uh, parrot, like a beautiful colored bird, and the bird wasn't didn't seem to be tethered by anything, and it was just sitting on the mirror of this parked car. This was like a tiki room bird, just very, you know, a million colors. Wait, this was an actual bird? A live, a live bird. bird, yes. Whoa! Um, so... But wait, there's more. <laughs> this, so I'm like, this... You just exploded the picture of this situation yes. that I had No, in no, my this mind. was not like, yeah, somebody's cute, like... Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't a roller derby girls car accessory. <laughs> Jordan, this wasn't mine. You know you know like how at tiki bars they have live live birds all over everywhere? Yes. <laughs> um, um so yeah, so this is a li- a living breathing bird um which seems really I'm I'm worried that this thing will fly away or that it got had gotten like out it was in the car and got out. Um so I looked over and the driver okay and someone so someone approached the car window and when i got close enough to look at this bird car uh a drug deal was going on in the bird car <laughs> a woman was and and it was like a comedy sketch about someone witnessing a drug deal like there was the bag of pot and the stack of money and both had their hands on each of them ready to switch and they both looked over at me, looking at them, and there was no way for me to say, I don't care about the drug deal, I just want to know what the deal <laughs> with this bird is. Uh, so I just turned around and kind of uh, power walked away. So you missed the bird eating the drugs? I Oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the drugs were for the bird. Or maybe it was just like a kind of bird seed that looked or like drugs. Or is that how you know which car to buy drugs from? Yeah, maybe the car right. of the bird. Oh yeah, maybe it is like a giant inflatable gorilla to a used car lot. Exactly. Jordan, did you see this on stage at a comedy theater? No, no, <laughs> this was in a parking lot. Um, and so it's like if you want your drug deal to be covert, why do you have the world's most brightly colored bird sitting on your car? <laughs> I wonder. That is a reasonable question. <laughs> or maybe the bird can alert. Oh yeah, maybe it is, but it didn't alert them of me. Cop coming. Oh yeah, no, well, maybe, but maybe right. it only. Do you think it's, it's a? Cops. Are you suggesting it's a personal defense bird of some uh, kind? That is exactly what I'm suggesting. No, maybe like it, it could. Yeah, maybe they could command it to scratch my eyes out if I 
if they, I looked like I was a snitch. Attack. It's yeah. an alternative to mace that you don't have to get a license for. It is <laughs> a, a sort of like pepper weapon, spray. Yes. I'd like to see that. That's what I think I would enjoy seeing. A bird scratch my A bird enforcer oh, yeah. for a drug dealer. Oh, and then he ha- maybe has a little hat on, too. Yeah, like the, drug dealer, like the drug dealer gets wronged, and he just, he just turns his head to the sky and goes, caw-caw, caw-caw, caw-caw. <laughs> and then the, in comes this eagle to fuck up his enemies. Yeah. I'd watch or a that. flock of eagles. That would be good. What if, a, what if all drug dealers had their own flock of eagles? That they commanded, sure. he presented to actor Josh Molina as though it was a personal, per- perfectly reasonable suggestion. Or an exaltation of larks. Sure. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, sure. uh, I know my animal groupings. Sure. And why wouldn't you, Josh? Spent a lot of time on the blogs we learned earlier. There you go. You're going to yes. learn about animal oh, groupings, sure. for example. I guess example. maybe it would kind of fit, you know, thematically if you had a... A, uh, a an evil murder of crows that you could oh, command. Sure. That would be... I guess it never occurred to me that birds could go in cars. <laughs> yes. I mean, guess why would they? Is it insulting to them? They're like, oh, what great, it, a car. This is fun. I can fly. To some extent, you can control a bird, right? You can train a bird to a modest extent I if it's so. a clever bird. You can teach it One to... One can. I, I cannot. Say, <laughs> <laughs> you can teach it to... Is that not... It's not an, under special skills? Like magical... Horseback no, riding no. and fencing, yes. Hebrew and juggling was once literally <laughs> on my resume. Did that come up a lot? The Hebrew no. specifically? No. One, That's one... why you didn't get the lead role in a simple man you're ugly and you can't juggle oh. i don't know <laughs> uh so yeah that no happened. okay but in, in all sincerity yes. because the my concern about birds sure being in cars sure is that you can train a bird to sit on your shoulder right so i know that there are bird people that walk around with birds sure these are people who you know they don't have much um They've tried signature eyewear, right? And it didn't cut it, you know. And so they decided to go ahead with putting a bird on their shoulder all the time, right? As an accessory, you're suggesting. Yeah, they may have even already tried a more straightforward exotic pet like a chinchilla, and the chinch wasn't cutting it, <laughs> and so they went to bird on the shoulder. Right. When they were when they were leash walking their chinch, it <laughs> didn't cut it. it. And so I know that's something. Yeah. But I guess it never occurred to me that those people transport their birds to the various places that you see them, such as Muscle Beach. Right. Um, parking uh, lot drug deals. Parking lot drug deals. Through the medium of cars, that car must be full of bird shit, right? Is there any other I, way I thing that that car could be full of besides bird shit? Nope. Merchant and drugs. Yeah. And probably Taco Bell wrappers. It'd be funny if, they, like, if the bird was trying to fly in the car and then you turn the air conditioner all the way up and it blows the bird around. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Oh, backwash season two. Yeah. That's what we're basically that would doing. Be mad we're just pitching, pitching weird things to happen. Um, uh, Jordan, you want to go to number two yeah, on your list? Yeah, we'll go to number two. I got a total of four. Maybe we won't get to them all. I can just save them. Hey. Um, okay, so I was driving to work and saw a, a, a guy... A fixed gear bike guy off of his fixed gear bike. Very classic fixed gear bike guy. Uh, cut off jeans. He has one of those hats with the brim that's turned up. A bike hat. Bike hat. Uh, tank top. Fashionable kind of punk rock tank top. And he was uh, yelling, like in the face, yelling of a guy, of a Vespa guy. 
<laughs> so this guy was off of his Vespa, and he ha- had on a Vespa-ing scarf. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and then they're yelling, they're yelling, they're yelling, and fixed-geared bike spits in the face of Vespa guy. Like, loogie spits. Like, I could Ooh. see, from my car, I could see the spit globule go into the face of Vespa guy. Um, I feel like people on fixed-gear bicycles just need to get birds because they're doing way too much spitting. Yeah. I feel like I, I, not a day goes by that I don't hear a tale of someone or something getting spit on by somebody with a fixed-gear bicycle. No, you know, and I told this story at work, and there is a fixed-gear bike guy at my work who is also very much a fixed-gear bike guy, and he talked about having to spit bit on cars before having to ha- yeah like you know right and yes i had no other i option. had no right and, but i mean it's i mean i guess on a car is one, but like in the face of a guy who's basically the same guy as you well i mean this guy wasn't on a moped <laughs> right <laughs> i i mean here's the thing here's the thing my position on uh having to hawk loogies when you're driving a fixed gear bike i'm pro bicycle commuting and i'm a former bicycle commuter myself um, and, you know, I speak as someone who didn't learn to drive a car until he was in his early 20s. But I would say that if safety is a concern for you, my list of priorities would probably spit would be number three or four. And probably at the top would be brakes. Like I would probably put brakes <laughs> above <laughs> having brakes above spitting on stuff that gets in your way. Just throwing that out there. Just yeah. tossing it out there. Yeah. Did you have you noticed have you noticed that here in Los Angeles, I don't like I knew having grown up in San Francisco's handsome and historic mission district, I knew fixed gear bicycles as the thing that the assholes who were stealing my neighborhood rode. You know, I knew it as the official uh, the official vehicle of the person with a really complicated coffee order um, and really tight pants. So that has always been my vision of fixed-gear bicycles. And look, I, I, I understand why people have fixed-gear bicycles. They're quite lovely. Sure. They're very nice to look at. They're very simple to maintain. I understand is a key part of why people have fixed-gear bicycles. I like the ones that have brakes more than the ones that don't. Because I'm always scared that I'm going to kill someone sure. that doesn't have brakes on their bicycle. But, um, you know, I, I'm not against it in principle. But I always saw it as the kind of vehicle of the, uh, what you might call the yuppie hipster invader. Sure. Uh, of the neighborhood that I grew up in. And I moved to Los Angeles, I guess about five years ago now. And I started noticing, um, I started noticing just an astonishing number of Latino teenagers on fixed gear bicycles. Mm-hmm. There is a fixed gear bicycle store. Uh, it's theoretically, I'm sure they've got one or two geared bicycles, but it is fundamentally a fixed gear bicycle sure. store down the block from my house. And you would think that this store would cater to what there certainly is in Highland Park and environs, which is to say, yuppie hyphen hipster invaders. But it does not. It caters exclusively to local teens. Yes. Did you know that's a thing? Yeah, I kind of. I mean, and it's 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 some, Josh. Another topic where that comes up a lot on the show is what are Latino teens doing, <laughs> and why don't we understand it more? Latinagers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Morrissey is involved. That's about all we know. Um, yeah. No. I know. It seems. It seems to me that that like that that is like 
that kind of overlap between Latino teen culture and hipster culture is that it exists. It's like, an intro. Now, here's the thing. Like, there, I have seen Latino teens on fixed gear bicycles who are members of the, um, you know, the, the sort of uh, rock and roll cool kid Latino teen subcultures, such as uh, metal Latino teen, uh, Morrissey enthusiast, uh, kind of greasery Latino teen, yep. um, etc. And that made sense to me. Because that is, you know, they're all they're all going to the same punk rock shows, you know, with the, uh, you know, and I see everybody parks their fixed gear bicycle outside the punk rock show. Sure. It makes a lot of sense to me. But then when I started seeing cholo teens riding around on like full on like you know shower shoes and like socks pulled up to you know athletic socks pulled up to the knee. Uh, uh, creased Dickies shorts, like just the whole nine yards, riding around on fixed gear bicycles. This is truly, we cannot use, I feel like that destroyed the possibility of using fixed gear bicycles as any kind of cultural shorthand. There's, it is no longer available <laughs> to us. Now it's just a kind of bike. Yeah, just like how, just, Sad, how, really. just like yeah. how, you know. Uh, how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to make broad generalizations <laughs> exactly. about an entire group now? People, just, just <laughs> like how people that buy music at Barnes and Noble love the arcade fire. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we, we cannot, it's just off the table. We have to find new stuff if we want to indicate a certain, you know, I mean, wh- what's left? Maybe twirly mustache. Yeah, I guess I guess goofy facial hair for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think probably a complicated coffee order can now be replaced with uh, only a very short list of beers that I'll drink. Uh-huh, sure. Good. Um, Good. Oh, boy, I was in, and, and this, this, I don't know if this story will seem funny unless you were at the restaurant, but it was to me when it was happening because I was at the restaurant. Um, I was I was downtown, and I think downtown L.A. has kind of the same thing going on that this neighborhood, Jesse, has. It has a lot of uh, a lot of Latinos, but it also has the kind of the kind of invading force of, you know, et cetera. Well, I, I would say that downtown Los Angeles is very, very full of uh, mooks. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But and, but yeah, there's also kind of a little loft sure. community and there's, you know, the roller derby bars and stuff like that. Anyways, I was at uh I was uh at a a taco restaurant, uh mariachi band, uh menus not in English. Uh fixed gear bike guy, although I know <laughs> we, we know that's that's uh that's moot these days. Sure. But fixed gear bike guy was yelling something at the bartender who who I don't really think spoke English. Do you guys sell local beers here? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think yeah, maybe we can like like someone the who insists. Bartender just poured him a michelada. Yeah, oh, yeah, I had a michelada yesterday. Very tasty. Um, yeah, so yeah, maybe maybe insistence upon craft beer is yeah. we can use for that. See. Molina here. He, he well, lives, I just got to get out more clearly. He yeah. lives I mean, out by have, he, he lives out by the ocean. I I live way way above the. I live in the cheap sheets seats. He's too busy. Really. He, he's too busy hanging out with Ham and Rudd and all these gorgeous men. I got one more. Okay. 
Uh, okay, so by my, uh, by my, I live in West Hollywood, and sure. by my house there is something called uh, Pink Fitness. Pink and fitness. this is a a gym. It's in a strip mall. It's all kegels. <laughs> yeah, only kegels. Uh, and this everything is the walls in this gym are painted pink, and it's only for women. And sure. uh, you could maybe kind of imagine the clientele is that is at this place. It's women. They have you know uh, vaginas. Have vaginas. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, and the, the over those vaginas are shorts. Something is painted on the behind of those shorts. Sure. It's written on the behind of those shorts. Um, you know, it's always always a lot of, of a lot of very attractive women, and they kind of use the um, they use the strip mall to work out. There's kind of this um, uh, there's kind of this staircase, and they're always going up and down the staircase, and um, <laughs> and it is kind of like one part performance, one part workout. There's some scary bums, and they're always kickboxing the them, right? Yeah. right. Uh, and something. Uh, Maybe uh, also about West Hollywood, less so than over here. But there, it is kind of a there is kind of a um, cultural collision going on. It's kind of like Hollywood people. It is women who would work out at a place called Pink Fitness, and like Russian Jews, uh-huh. and maybe the other the other sure. area doing their kugel exercises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, oh. Mr. Joshua Molina. Oh. I've been waiting a lifetime for that setup. Anyways, so uh, usually when I go by this place, there are kind of lovely, you know, women with uh, suspicious breasts uh, going up and down these <laughs> stairs. It's usually kind of fun to drive by. Um, <laughs> I drove by, by when this When you place. say it's fun to drive by, you mean drive-by drive shootings. Drive by, yeah. Yes, to, to wipe them off the face of the earth. Um, so, I, and, uh, so I drove by, and there was a, an instructor leading the thing, typical pink fitness instructor, uh, but her class was all uh, young Hasidic girls in uh, ankle-length black skirts and black sweaters. That's hot. Wow. <laughs> I know. Uh, it, it, it's very, very hot in L.A., uh, but they, yeah. were like, they were like power jogging up and down these stairs. They're committed to their faith. Yeah, but it seems... And yet they're embracing. It's the 19th century meets the 21st. Sure. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. That's part of it. Like part Ish. Of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, was, I wonder if you are that committed to being Hasidic and to wearing a black skirt and black sweater wherever you go, no matter the temperature. Why is it also okay to work out at Pink Fitness? <laughs> Which seems... Well, I mean, I think I've talked before about how comforting I find the Hasidic community of Los Angeles simply because they are sometimes pedestrians. And I just like to see a pedestrian of any kind in Los That's Angeles. That's true. So you dr- drive around on Shabbos. Yeah, exactly. Watch, and just, mm-hmm. watch hey, look, the Jews somebody's walk. Somebody's walking down the sidewalk. <laughs> sure. That's what that strip of pavement is for. <laughs> um, that they're one kosher keeping coffee it real. Bean. <laughs> exactly. For some reason. I, I, you know, that is, uh, that's fascinating yeah. that they would go, that that is the gym that they, you'd think, well, they can't go to the YMCA. Why not? Or the YWCA. Oh, sure. The C. All <laughs> yeah. oh, right, the C. Um, I mean, and I think that this is also would, if I saw this, while I might be confused by it, I would also be, uh, I, I would also find it comforting because it is the other, th- you, it was seeing someone uh, who fits the other thing that you just, that I find myself des- like thirsty to see in Los Angeles, which is, Someone who's not dressed more slutty than they need to be. (laughs) Like some people are dressed super slutty. Some people are dressed a little bit slutty. But everyone is definitely more slutty than they need to be. 
That is true. And so if you see some Hasidic teens, they're not going to be dressed slutty at all. Sure. They're, they're holding the line on that one. Well, maybe it's that relative. Like maybe they've hemmed their skirt slightly more than oh. their they're sister. Wearing, yes, this season they're wearing it mid-angle. Yeah. Oy. <laughs> Shit's going down. The sweaters can, can, the sweaters can get tighter. Yeah, you'd think that they As you would grow your bosom. You know, when you when you have a tight knit community of people with what you might call complicated religious needs. Sure. Usually there are businesses that spring up to cater to those needs. Just like you can go in Los Angeles and New York where there are Hasidic Jews, you can go to the Hasidic Jew hat store and buy Hasidic Jew hats. A, sh- a strimal, if you <laughs> sure. will. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, I Mr. Will. Strimals are us. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like, and, and so the, it is, the, the things that you need are typically on offer. Right. But there, so that suggests to me a business idea, which is a Hasidic-oriented gymnasium. Well, not yeah. a bad idea. Okay. You guys I thought don't it was, like was going to be gym wear. I thought it was going to be like all black, <laughs> oh, yes, all black sweatpants. And... Oh, no, no, no. no, no I'm no. talking to, I'm black trying to build, bands. I'm trying to build a nationwide chain. And by nationwide, I mean Los Angeles and New sure. York yes. and possibly <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> not sure. So maybe there's like a, like a jazzercise class that plays klezmer music and you work <laughs> out to that. <laughs> exactly. Or there's just a canter. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> and everybody jazzercises to that. <laughs> sure. And then instead of a instead of a juice bar, you get a nice brisket. Sure. At the end, this sounds great. This sounds way better than any gym I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Pontius Pilates class. <laughs> oh, 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 game yeah. over. <laughs> Wait, Jordan, was that the last thing? Uh, I've got. It's got to be one got, more thing. I have, a, I have okay. a, one more. Do you guys want to hear? Yeah, one let's more? hear one more thing. Uh, I, I don't to... think we can get we can get any more juice out of that last thing than Pontius Pilates no. class. <laughs> I maybe feel inclined to end the podcast. Yeah, um, this is I uh, was going I was going to the post office. Sure, I held the door. That's for... pretty old school. Just yeah, right there. it was. I still uh, I still do paper bills. I don't oh, uh, no I don't kidding. pay my bills online. Um, don't trust the internet. I don't know why. You know I what? Just do. I I went to the post office recently, mm-hmm. and um, I was mailing a lot of packages for the Sound of Young America. Um, they asked me, oh, what, what is, uh, tell me, what are you, why are you mailing all these packages? I say, oh, I host a, a radio show and uh, some podcasts. And so sometimes we send out T-shirts or whatever, you know, as gifts or thank yous. Sure. And uh, they said, uh, oh, like, what kind of show is it? And I was, oh, you know, we, uh, on my radio show, we interview a lot of comedians and also, you know, some actors and stuff. And they said, oh, do you know a comedian? And, and I, his name is Mark Marin. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I know Mark Marin. Yeah, he's a, he's a friend of mine. And they go, oh, he's a regular here. Mark Marin is so beloved at my post office wow, that huh. they bring him up to strangers. Wow. I long to have that kind of relationship with my post office. Uh, yeah. When I was a kid, the post office by my house, they would always ask me, ask after my parents. And if my parents, w- and still to this day, if my mom goes there, they'll ask my mom how I'm doing. But here in Los Angeles, I have no such relationship. And so I'm thinking about trying to build a relationship like that, possibly by bringing lemon bars. That's a good idea. And then you'd be, you'd be able to like order the regular, and they just or, give you a book of forever stamps. Exactly. <laughs> and a poster, too. Huge. Exactly. Or, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, one book of forever stamps and a huge yeah. cardboard, too. Oh, That's yeah. my. Boom, I could just go ask. in there with Marin. 
Yeah, you could. And just go in there with Marin and have Marin say, oh, my buddy Jesse needs a few things, too. Yeah, he could set you up. Yeah, and then they, yeah, I could get yeah, set up in that. For you, yeah. That might be good, yeah. right? Yeah. That yeah. might be good. Even though they don't sell them anymore, maybe they'll, they got a book of the Simpsons stamps in the back <laughs> that you can get your hands on. Like, we'll get some from the back. Um, um, so you were in line at the post office. I, all right, I, was, I was coming out, and I held the door for a very, very old lady. Uh, and she said, uh, excuse me, do you drive a Honda? I said, no, I don't drive a Honda. She's like... Could you could you look at this key and tell me something? And she had the key to a rental car. It was you know it had that weird plastic rental car thing on the end. She's like, "What do these buttons do?" And she turned over the key, and it was the keyless entry buttons. And I'm like, "Oh, um, this unlocks the car, this locks the car, and this pops the trunk." And she looked at me uh, and just went, "Oh." She, I explained the concept of keyless entry to this woman. She had never heard of it before. And, like, the look of, like, uh, to, 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 to maybe borrow a line from Sports Night, uh, there, she had this look what we can do look on her face. This, like, human. I, I am in my time. Keyless entry. Oh, it felt really good. You could have gone the extra step and been like, and this button feeds a village in Africa. <laughs> and she would have been like, well, that's I, lovely. I will press How it twice. <laughs> I will what I, do that every day. Yeah. What I wonder is if you didn't turn it over, show her the red button and say, and this is if someone's trying to rape you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a minority. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, and this be... button and this button brings all your cats back to life. <laughs> it would oh, be it doesn't. It would be really grand if you had an old lady who had a really winning attitude, just in sure. general, uh, that went around with you to marvel at things that you explained to her, <laughs> <laughs> like just and just whatever it was, like you know, like uh, you know, this tree. Is evergreen. That means that the leaves stay on it year (laughs) round. Why, that's wonderful. Oh. (laughs) I would watch that show. I think there may be a series in it. (laughs) Evergreen, you say. (laughs) This is a post it. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to write a little note on it and stick it to anything. And literally anything. (laughs) But surely you can't remove it once it's been stuck. (laughs) That's the thing you can't forever. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Joshua Molina, middle aged Jew. <laughs> you're you're young for middle aged. Well, it depends when I die, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Josh Molina is here. We're having fun with Josh Molina. Um, hey, listen, uh, Fuelly.com, mm-hmm. once again sponsoring yeah. this week's program. Our friend uh, Matt Howie is the owner of Fuelly.com. This, for your benefit, Josh, is a website where you go to it, like on your phone or whatever, when you fill up your car, mm-hmm. and you write in what your mileage is and you know what your odometer reading is and how much gas you put in the car, and then it tracks over time your gas mileage. And so you can either like adjust your patterns of behavior or you can... Uh, compare yourself to other people with the same car so you can find out if there's something wrong with your car. That is fiendishly clever. I well, like that. It's hmm. for, it's for, there is this, there really is a community of 
fuel economy nerds. Sure, as there should be. Yeah, hey, God, and God bless them. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it's online. That's at a very cool thing. Fuelly.com, F-U-E-L-L-Y.com. Um, hey, let's go to the Jumbotron, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have up on the Jumbotron this week? Ah, here is a nice personal message. Happy third anniversary to Andy from Marissa. Oh, uh, their third anniversary fine. is September 18th and or the beginning of the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia season. <laughs> I'm guessing that they first made out while watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The they third see, anniversary. That's yeah. the, that is the internet shout-out anniversary. Yeah. Because paper would internet shout-out. Look at this. <laughs> Look so at, for all of the... Th- all, any of you coming up on a third anniversary... Oh, that's what you gotta do. This is the only way to celebrate it. Jordan, Marissa and Andy's first real date was in a bar talking about Jordan Jesse Go. Oh... Love connection. Beautiful. That's the power of love, we Jordan. Are, we are the cause of fucking. Oh. <laughs> Look at this. I'm assuming you guys. She says he's sense. been hilarious, patient, kind, and lovely ever since. Look at that. Wow. That is Look tremendous. That. We're the we have the power to bond. We're like a high-tech epoxy mm-hmm. of love. <laughs> You know what we're like? We're like one of those glues that you buy at the hardware store where there's two tubes and you squeeze it out because if they mix together inside the tube, it would be too dangerous. Exactly. That's how powerful we are. Oh, hey, guess what? We also have a commercial message. This is a really cool thing, I think. Um, mm-hmm. We've played, we've done Jordan Jesse Go at the Dark Room in San Francisco. Sure. It's a great, th- great theater in uh, Mild Stomping Grounds, the Mission District of San Francisco on Mission Street. Little tiny theater. They have all kinds of cool productions there, uh, including a lot of cool local comedy. And one of them is uh, this show called Snob Theater. So it is a once a month variety show uh, at the Dark Room. Featuring all of the best of the Bay's indie rock and alternative stand-up comedy. It's hosted and produced by Sean Robbins, who's a stand-up comedian in San Francisco. Check out some of these people who have been uh, on their program. Number one, Sean Hayes from hey, television. Nice. That's no joke. Yeah. Uh, how about Moshe Kasher, past Jordan Jesse Go guest? How about Kamau Bell, another past Jordan Jesse Go guest? Wow. How about Mary Van Note, a popular comedian who we went to college with? Yeah. Wow. How about Brent Weinbach? who's one of the funniest comedians in America, and has never been on Jordan Jesse Go. Mm-mm. He's a strange man. Sure. He's an I unusual think if we man. Talked, I think if we included, if we just promised him we would do a segment about old Sega Genesis music. He does have a podcast dedicated to video game music. A, a, a humorless podcast dedicated to video <laughs> game music. Dude, no jokes in this thing. Brent Weinbach yeah. is the fucking greatest. That guy is so tremendous. Sure. And hey... How about this? Speaking of people who are absolutely tremendous, December guest on this show, Mr. John Vanderslice. Ooh, wow. Doesn't get much better Jeez, than Vanderslice. That's a, that's a get. That's indie rock heavy hitter right there. You can see him at the dark room. That's a small, it's a small, intimate venue. That's an intimate venue. You can Whatever. get into I think they, the promise of Snob Theater is that you can get intimate with John Vanderslice. Sure. I'd love to get intimate with John Vanderslice. That guy's dreamy. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to do that with John Vanderslice, but he's a great guy. He's, sure. He's really sweet and a brilliant musician. Um, anyway, you can find out more at snobtheater.tumblr.com. Snobtheater.tumblr.com. And if you want to get up on the Jumbotron, it's cheap. It's 100 bucks for a personal message, 200 bucks for a commercial message. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. And if you want to advertise on Jordan, Jesse Go or any of our shows, just email our development director, Teresa, at Teresa at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse Go. Love you, 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 love you,
It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. Josh Molina, I kissed Natalie. <laughs> oh, man, did you ever? Congratulations. <laughs> hey, Jordan, remember that on sports night when uh, he kissed Natalie? <laughs> yep. Hey, remember when you rigged the popularity contest? I oh, did. that was fun. <laughs> oh, man. Remember when he dated a porn star and didn't kiss her ever? Yeah, oh, I yeah. remember that, too. Ooh, yeah. That? Sports what night. Hey, remember when Bill Macy was on it? Yeah. And you were like, man, Bill Macy's married to Felicity Huffman. How cool is that? That was cool. Isn't that the coolest <laughs> thing ever? Ah, <laughs> uh, sports night. <laughs> Those are the days. Now available on Netflix Instant Watch. <laughs> Stream it, people. Stream it, everybody. <laughs> Josh Molina gets a nickel. Not well, even. No. <laughs> um, what the fuck were we going to do? Oh, yeah. Take telephone call. I got so excited to talk about sports <laughs> sure. tonight. No, yeah. Look, I don't mean I to, to impugn. No, no, I'm sorry. You're, you have a resume full of wonderful and brilliant credits. I'm comfortable with having peaked 12 years ago. But <laughs> I, fine. I just get so excited. Look, if... Uh, what's the major? What's the uh, if Peter Krause was here right now? Krause, Krause, with, excuse me. Oh, oh wow, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yes. Oh wow. I didn't yes. Know that. Uh, in Sie Deutsch. Krause. Um, <laughs> if Peter Krause, if Peter Krause was here right now, I would not want to talk to him about his hit network television program. Nah. I would not want to talk to him about his iconic HBO program. <laughs> uh, all I would want to talk to him about would be Sports Night. Sure. Especially Dana. I just want to talk about Dana. What it was like to date Dana. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you should have the unapproachable women from Sports Night that you actually want to talk to on your show. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say, them. maybe have yeah. them We're themselves. We're building to that. We're getting there. I would be happy, as always, to be the conduit to actual celebrity. I might be able to get them for you. Oh, well, <laughs> I think we could do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think we could do it. I would be more uncomfortable if it was John Hamm. I understand. Like, yeah. don't ask Cam to come over here. No. I would get too uncomfortable. But if you do have him, he'll sweep up afterwards. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> yeah. there was so. some talk. There was some talk uh, uh, recently that Ryan Gosling might come on the Sound of Young America. Ooh, whoa! Uh, we, I, I interviewed the director talk of Ryan, Ryan Gosling's new film Drive, mm-hmm. and we worked very hard to book an actor from uh, the film. And the film has a number of actors Al- in Albert it. Albert Brooks is in that, right? Yeah, Joan from Mad Men yeah. is in it. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we tried so hard to get Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks is fantastic in it, by the way. He plays the heavy in this film. Ron I'm Perlman. very we, curious to see it. We oh, were interested to, to have Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman well, on the program. What's yes. Perlman like in person? Does he sweep he, up? Incredibly nice guy. Sure, and yeah. this was in 1989 or 90. And, uh, so... Rabid Beauty and the Beast fans. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that was kind of like a Twilight type of thing. Like it was something that gothy, yeah, romantic, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, fantasy and Perlman's posse. These, mm. these women call oh. themselves. <laughs> We're talking. This is a Broadway play, so not an inexpensive ticket. And they would come ten, twenty, thirty times and wait at the stage door wow. for him. And, wow! Oh yeah, it was incredible to observe. And he was a super gracious, nice guy. And you know, would always hang out with them and sign <sighs> autographs. And that's tremendous. Yeah, I'd like to join Perlman's posse. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You pound me into a pulp if you needed to. <laughs> sure. Sometimes um, I get to ask him a few Blade Two questions. <laughs> so Blade and two. and I mean just uh, uh, among other brilliant actors are in this thing, but um, Ryan Gosling is the star of it, and we were like, we would love to have Ryan Gosling, and I thought it would be nice to connect with Ryan Gosling for put this on uh, my uh, Men's Style web series because Ryan Gosling is one of the few men in Hollywood who dress themselves and do it well. 
Um, he's a very well dressed guy, and you, he he instructs Steve Carell how to dress. Oh, and, does uh, he? Crazy stupid love. Yeah, oh. he tells him you're better than the Gap. <laughs> but I when he's been... but when he's breaking up fights in New York, he's doing it in a tank top. That is true. Have you seen? So I have seen that video. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. And in that m- movie, but he's he tank also... top handsome. No, oh, yeah. Steve Carell is the subject of mockery for wearing uh, New Balance. Oh, and, I, and my so my daughter is like. Oh, uh, you got busted. You're a loser. You got busted. There are cool new balances right now. If you're if you're talking about the new balance classic, especially in a few colors, you could be talking about, you're not wearing those. No, I want to make that clear. That's no, not actually, the kind of new balance that you're wearing. My daughter made that distinction today too. She was like she pointed to someone else. She said you could even go to New Balance <laughs> and be cooler than what you've friends. done. Yeah. yeah. Um anyway, I just thought that if Ryan Gosling came in here, I might get too nervous cuz he's too handsome. Yeah. Even yeah. I get more. I think I get maybe even more nervous around a super super like a like a movie star handsome dude than around a movie star beautiful lady. I think you're coming out on air. Yeah, this might, might be it. <laughs> yeah, this this yeah. is big. This is an important. I mean, you know, you could have picked a more opportune time than you know a month after the birth of your child. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, see, I feel like I'm more intimidated by a guy who's some um, who in whose general zone I'm in oh. that I have a shot at. John Hamm might as well be a third. Uh, gender or species, another species. Like, <laughs> well, it's like whatever. I mean, I'm not. I can't be intimidated by that. So are you? you might as well be just a, a made of pure energy. Like, kind of, <laughs> right. Exactly. Kind of. I know I'm human. What about yeah. like a Paul Rudd type character? Like a Paul <laughs> Rudd type guy who's very handsome, but in a very approachable way. That his He's... his handsomeness is uh, leavened with approachability, approachability. and fr- apparent friendliness. That's a very good description of the Ruddian appeal. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that's the Molinian appeal. That's how uh, I would describe it. Kind. That's how I would describe it, Josh Molina. <laughs> I'm just worried that I'll meet Jason Statham and he'll kick me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> when something momentous like getting that kicked in the face by Jason Statham happens well, to our listeners, Statham. we ask that they give us a call uh, for a segment called Momentous Occasions. We've got one momentous occasion and three moments of shame this week. I'm excited about this. Uh, let's go to the tape. Hey, Jordan and Jesse. This is Matt in San Diego. And it's, uh, there's not a lot of, um, light in San Diego. It's been a blackout for most of the day, but, um, just want to let you know that my wife and I just had sex. And at the end of having sex, the lights came back on. In my area of San Diego. Yes! Bravo! You have an electric dick! (laughs) (laughs) His dick is made of pure energy. You get enough friction going. Yeah, sure, yeah. Get a spark, sure. Absolutely. You know your physics. I do. That's a new, like, that's a new, maybe kind of a green source of energy. Like, maybe a town, everybody is fitted with a, I don't know what you would be fitted with, but maybe a a flint Penis yeah. sheath. Sure, right, yeah, a flint penis sheath. Sure. And then, you know, everyone has to fuck at a certain time. I've heard right. that I've heard that actually eighty percent of the electricity in Iceland comes from fuck fests. Yeah. From flint penis sheathed. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I like that I like that we've had so many sex related momentous occasions. Yeah. But I want to emphasize that it that your momentous occasions need not be sex related. I mean, sure. If you overshare a little bit, it might give you a slightly better shot of getting on the program. But, you know, it might also, you might also get on the show if you just, you know, 
if you saw somebody walking a chinch on a leash. Sure. You know, that's the kind of thing that'll get you on the program, too. A leashed chinch. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's go to, to the moments of shame. We also ask that people call in to share with us the lowest points in their lives so that we can... I was going to say mock them, but I'm going to change that to liberate them from the shame. Sure. Mm, Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. I'm calling with a moment of shame. I was inspired by the woman who called about Ben Franklin chasing moths. When I was in junior high and Saturday Night Live had just come out. Wait, do we remember that? Nope. Someone chasing off Ben Franklin Franklin, on our show? We talked about Ben Franklin chasing muff. Oh, right. Oh, ben Franklin like, chasing, chasing Muff. Okay, yeah. okay I that remember was... somebody Somebody made an inappropriate joke in a graduate seminar ah. about how that Ben Franklin was always out chasing Muff. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my friends was telling me about the line in which John Travolta told the woman that she, she could just give him a blowjob. And I didn't really know what that was. And um, my a couple days later, my sister was kind of playing sick to get out of school and my dad was undecided about whether she was really sick or not, and I didn't think she was. So I said to my dad, Dad, I think she's trying to give you a blowjob. <laughs> so what I meant to say, what I had in mind, was a con job. Or a snow but job, is that something? In, in middle school, junior high, I didn't know the difference. And I basically told my dad that my sister was trying to give him a blowjob. That is a good story. That's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's that's real shame, Jordan. Very shameful. That's genuinely mm-hmm. shameful. They really... We should change the name of blowjobs just for the benefit of 11 and 12-year-olds. Just to confuse a new generation so they can make the same <laughs> mistake. Yeah. I would, no, that I wasn't going to go there. Oh. I was something like a suck job or a lick job or well, something here, like that uh, here's, that here's, would more naturally lead them to figure out what it actually is. We, I had a, uh, a friend going up, growing up whose dad was kind of um, – uh, he, was, he was definitely the cool dad. He was the dad who put together the, uh, the haunted house in the garage for the, Halloween. The right. kind of dad who you'd see like sucking a dick or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah. You know, and he's the dad who, who had the – maybe the – not that well hidden stash of playboys, right? Um, because you know, because ah, they got to learn sometime. You know, kind of had that attitude. Right. And we went up to him and asked him what a blowjob because we had in this situation we had heard it, but we didn't know what it was. And he's like, uh, "Well, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> they should call it a suck job." And then he winked and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cool dad. That's a very cool dad. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Steve from Bellingham, Washington, and I have a moment of shame. Uh, Recently, you guys were talking about times when you were a kid when you may have said something kind of wildly inappropriate, but you didn't really know what it meant, and this is my story about that. Uh, When I was in about fourth grade, uh, my best friend's mom was driving us to school one morning, and I had just gotten this joke book. So we're heading to school, and I'm I'm just reading jokes from this book, and you know, you know people are laughing. So you know, good. Uh, I get to this joke, and I don't know what it means. But I, you know, like I said, I've been getting a pretty good response. The punchline is all right, but only enough to win. <laughs> so I just decided to go ahead and tell it. And here's the joke: Why does Helen Keller only masturbate with one hand? Mm. And the punchline, of course, is she uses the other hand to moan with. 
Mm. And now mm. this is met with just mm. dead silence, and the rest of the trip is is pretty chilly. And you know, of course, we get to school, and my friend, you know, socks me one. And he's like, you know, what the hell are you doing? You know, masturbate means jerking off. And uh, yeah, and so I was mortified. So that's my story. Uh, thanks a lot. Bye bye. Uh, and thematically uh, similar to the previous. Yeah. 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 I once um, I was once at my friend Tony McCauley's house. And Tony McCauley's house, Tony McCauley as a fifth grader, I think we were in fifth, fourth or fifth grade, uh, was distinguished by a couple of things. Number one, he was a karate black belt, which was very impressive to everyone, uh, despite being now, I, now as an adult, I know they just give these things out like so many Bed Bath and Beyond coupons. <laughs> but at the time, I thought that was a pretty distinctive distinction that he had a karate black belt. He also had. Uh, both, uh, both a Nintendo and a Sega Master System, Ooh. which was like that was yeah that was sure. like ooh, that was serious stuff. And Tony was uh, uh, half Italian and half Chinese ethnically, and my grandparents had visited Australia, a nation not known for its racial sensitivity, and had returned with this joke book. Um, that was primarily composed of what you might call England, an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman type jokes. And um, being that my heritage is English, Scotch, Irish, <laughs> like th- that was sort of like that's. I don't don't think I probably got into any trouble with that part of it. However, there was this one joke that I remembered that went like this: It was an Englishman, an Irishman, and a. Uh, Chinaman, mm. um, which mm. I guess was okay in Australia in 1989, um, were traveling across. Eng- they were doing a, a hot air balloon race across the Emerald, the, across the United Kingdom, or something like that. And as they crossed over Ireland, the Irishman said, "Oh, my beautiful Ireland!" And as they crossed over uh, Scotland or England or whatever the other guy was, he said, "Oh, my beautiful England!" And so the Chinamen grabbed their tableware and threw it over the side and said, "Oh, my beautiful China!" And <laughs> I don't that think that wasn't as racist no, as I thought it was going to no. be. That was kind of cute. It does involve <laughs> repeated uh. uses of. The borderline ethnic slur Chinaman, sure. though. Well, sure. Yeah. And but bet- if you said Chinese guy, that's kind of cute. Yeah. And then, that's a cute racism. And then, I'm like, tell that to my kids today. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a month or two after that, um, my mom was driving with Tony and me in the car, and we were coming across the Golden Gate Bridge, and somebody rear-ended us, mm. and my mom didn't call Tony's parents. Like, everybody was okay. My mom didn't call Tony's parents, and Tony's parents found out that he'd been in a car accident, and he was like a little bit sore or something, I think, maybe the next day. He died that evening. <laughs> yeah, he died that evening. And they put that together with the Chinaman thing mm. and decided oh. I was a bad seed, yeah. and I was no longer invited uh, to Tony's birthday parties at Pizza and Pipes in uh, Burlingame, California. Yeah, still stings, the world. And they never let you take him on a hot air balloon trip. Forget it. For <laughs> Absolutely that- not. But that was the only time. I mean, if you can imagine, if you can imagine someone thinking that I was a bad seed, <laughs> like I managed to, I managed to get that yeah. reputation with this one set of parents. Oh, I think I said hell in front of them once too. 
Well, I didn't know. Three strikes and you're out, my friend. Yeah. Didn't know oh, it was thanks. a didn't know it was a swear word and to Tony McCauley's parents. Josh, have you had to bad seed any kids out of your kids' social circle? Mm, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Okay, <laughs> fair, yeah, hey, a little bit, a little bit. He had a friend. Okay. He had a friend early on. I guess I can just not name names. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, he had a friend early on. Like, a black friend. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> John Black. Um, no, who was uh, just. Wildly inappropriate sex talk. Like, uh, oh. we had them over, and they were behind. You know, they closed the door, and they were hanging out. And they, they were like, I think it was like three years. Hobby was six or seven, and I heard like the phrase "humping on." Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute!" Uh. And I came in, and then you I put was, a you uh, put a comical ear horn up yeah, to the exactly. uh, pardon time. me. And uh, I opened the door, and I said, I'm not exactly sure what you guys are talking about, and but then, let's ra- wrap yeah. it up there. And then I closed the door, and the media was like, and then I was humping on her. And, oh. <laughs> and I, could, I, could, I could see in my son's eyes, too, as he was like, get me out of here. God, I don't know what the hell this <laughs> kid's sure. talking about. Seems bad. And yeah. then the kid explained what humping was to you, and you said, oh, oh. Yeah. oh tell me more. Oh. Yeah, well. Jordan, Jesse, go. Moment of shame. The uh, public library today, I uh, had some stomach issues, so I stood up, so I walked to the bathroom, and I shit myself. Diarrhea. Um, wearing shorts. <laughs> had to throw away my boxers. Oh, jeez. Oh, a bad day. And he was in the but bathroom. I hope, I, it was obviously hope you close. can enjoy it. Oh. All right. Uh, rock on. That's bad. Oh, yeah. man. That's public property, too. The taxpayers yeah, have got to pay for that. Yeah, that's rough. At least it's municipal property and not federal property. Yeah. Unless it was the Library of Congress. <laughs> that might be. <laughs> He's headed to federal court. Don't shit on the Constitution. <laughs> he shit on shit the on Alan Lomax tapes. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's the main thing they have in the Library of Congress. Much, I think, right? yeah. I think yeah. that's in the Smithsonian, isn't it? This guy was very candid. I give him, yeah. I give him plaudits for yeah. his candor. Yeah, and I apologize to everybody out there who's upset by that kind of thing. Just if it makes you feel any better, just know that the people who aren't upset by it got so much good times out of hearing that story yeah, that it more right. than balanced out how upset you are. Absolutely. Um, that you, you have essentially lost in the game of life. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, if you have a momentous occasion or a moment of shame or if you're a teen who needs some straight talk <laughs> give for our segment give Straight you. Talk with Teens, Straight Talk for Teens... Give us a call, 206-984-4FUN, 206-984-4FUN. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jessica. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. Um, I would like to say mm-hmm. that I have never been so delighted... As to have Joshua Molina on our program. Yes. I don't know whether I believe that. It's a damn pleasure. Yeah, it's true. I've never in my life, and I recently witnessed the birth of my first child. This is better than that. Close second. (laughs) Because Simon Thorne has never known Natalie. Simon Much Thorne. less That's Kiss a good Natalie. name. That's a great name. Yeah, he's going to be like a spy or something. Kids are great. Oh, yeah. it's going to get better and better and better. That's what I'm hoping for because right now he doesn't care for me. Uh, well, you know, they're not that interactive early on. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Who's <laughs> to say whether he cares well, for you or not? Pretty soon he'll be making skateboard videos, right, Josh? That's right. Yeah. Oh, Blink of an eye. This is going to be great. Joshua Molino, of course, you can catch him. Uh, you can catch his whole... Le- and it really is funny. I mean, the real... 
I, we've talked a lot about Natalie on this program, but the real reason that we invited Josh Molina onto the show is because his web series is so hilarious, and we want we want especially comedy people who might think like, oh, it's weird that Josh Molina from uh, you know from Sports Night they they probably know you from Sports Night because probably I, I don't know if you knew after this, this podcast solely <laughs> yeah your your character Jeremy on Sports Night kissed Natalie indeed so that's, that's sort of how you're known <laughs> yeah. in the comedy world pretty much. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I just want people to know cause, cause it's fucking, it's a really, really funny web series. I, I mean, I would that. say that it's right up there with children's hospital in web series uh, that I don't hate. That's yeah. major. That's major. Well, it's, uh, it's still available on crackle.com and on YouTube. It's called backwash backwash. It stars Josh Molina and Josh will also be on, uh, uh, an upcoming television program on, what I call the Alphabet Network. The Alphabet mm-hmm. Network, indeed. Because uh, I'm in the business. Sure. Uh, this program is, we're going we're gonna to look for this in sometime in the winter, right? Yes, it is a mid-season replacement. So it is we'll, called Scandals. We will collectively look for something to tank quickly this fall on sure. ABC. Not sure. that I wish anyone specifically yeah. ill. Sure. And uh, then look for Scandal. Yeah. So what, what are we going to, what are we, what are we hoping will tank, Jordan? You don't, you don't have to be involved I, in this. I recuse myself. I hear, my, I have a, just a, and I know this is not on ABC, but I would like for two broke girls mm. to tank so I can stop the being... Bill, the billboards. The right? billboards are making me sexually uncomfortable on my way to work. <laughs> uh, these billboards want to fuck me. I can't get up to them. Uh, and it's, fr- it's Yes, it's frustrating. What about that? Sh- is that show with Jim Belushi? Is that on, uh, is that on ABC? I don't know. Where he's a lawyer? I don't know. Yeah. Where he's a Vegas lawyer? Yeah, we're going to cancel that show where Jim Belushi's a Vegas. No offense to Jerry O'Connell, who I no. think is a, seems to be a pretty decent and funny man. And I'm glad that he has a successful program and everything. But that doesn't balance out the fact that this is, this is a show that's built around the idea of what if we made Jim Belushi a lawyer, but in Las Vegas. So we're going to cancel that one. I'm going to assume it's on ABC. I don't know. Those billboards so don't make me sexually uncomfortable. They make me sexually uncomfortable. They make me feel like I'll never be able to have sex again. <laughs> Too much Jim Belushi. Um, Belushi. Sorry, I don't. Why am no, I picking on Jim Belushi? Is it is Belushi. it just because he's so unfunny? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> is it just because I've Zinger. heard he's kind of a dick? <laughs> um, no, Jim Belushi uh, is probably a decent fella. And sure, yes. All the best to show business. <laughs> yeah. Here's always everyone in showbiz succeeds all the time. This show stars uh, the very beautiful and talented Carrie Washington. I just Indeed. heard from your. I, look, I don't read the trades. My son was very excited. He came to a table read of one of the uh, episodes, and he was like, "That's the girl from Little Man." Ah. <laughs> we, we like Little Man at my house. Good. No. <laughs> Speaking of great comedies, sure, the Classic. world of great comedy and how well we wish all of show business. Yes. Nothing could be better than the classic film Little Man. Hopefully they'll re-release it and it'll run forever. Yeah, our friend Nick Swartzen <laughs> has a great movie out this week. Oh, yeah. Speaking Bucky Larson, right? wishing people all the best. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, with a lot of heavy Show breathing. business is hard. It is hard. It's hard to make something good. A lot of people are involved and sometimes things go wrong. This is true. No, even if you're one of the funniest people in the world, like Kerry Washington sure. or uh, Nick Swartzen. I'm sort of grandfather in Carrie Washington, and she's not really known for being funny. Be she's delighted. more known for being a gifted actress and very beautiful. She's got a very wacky web series. Oh. No, no, I'm thinking of me. Oh, Sorry. right. <laughs> um, 206-984-4FUN is our telephone number. Um, 
shit dogs. Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to mention <laughs> Is that your new catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool new catchphrase. Shit dogs, everybody. I want to mention. Speaking of web series, yes. my web series put this on. Um, if people have watched that and enjoyed it, uh, this week is the last closing days of our Kickstarter for season two. We right now have. Gee whiz, uh, 750 plus, I think 800, 775, 800 backers on that Kickstarter. And we've raised mm, 30,000, 35, 40,000 dish dollars, something like that. But uh, our goal is 68K. So uh, if you want to see, see, if you're a Put This On fan, as I know there are Jordan Jesse Go fans out there who are, uh, it's go to Put This On. The Kickstarter link is, is right there and support it this week. It's not maximum fun related, but, you know, we, I want to make season two of Put This On. But our we, laser bucks. Except and we, we <laughs> do, we, we're taking, well, yeah, but I mean, you can't transfer laser bucks electronically. No, that's true. What and about a gift certificate the... for a hot stone massage? Yeah, sure. I'll <laughs> take that. Okay. Um, but not related to the Kickstarter. You just want that. Yeah, I do. I would enjoy a hot stone massage. Mm. If you want to send me to like a Korean spa where they scrub you down with a loofah and maybe they'll only do that for ladies though. If you want to <laughs> give me, you know, that's a thing. They hit you with loofahs. Yeah, sure. In the Korean spa. Huh. God damn it. I was really, I was right there with you until just now, Josh. I'm sorry. I, I lost you with the laser you. box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Balls. God damn it. Anyway. Shit dogs, everybody. <laughs> Shit Our dogs. theme music is Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. You can find it on their CD. Love You, the best of the free design, which we uh, sincerely recommend. Uh, if you want to advertise on the show, Teresa at MaximumFun.org, 206-984-4FUN, our telephone number. JJ Go at MaximumFun.org. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit dogs. Shit even. dogs, everybody. Jordan. What? I, I forgot to pick a <laughs> tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. We're going to pick a tweet of the week before we go. Oh. I saw a tweet of the week that I liked before. Josh, for you, this is people who have hashtagged sure. JJ Go on mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, our hashtag win our t-shirt is contest. Pound JJ Go. Um, it's it. not going to go to yep. the guy who said, "I love hashtag JJ Go," and all but this week's episode, which was a bit too comedy elitist. Not to mention, my tweet was way better than the one they picked. This week, Ooh. last mm. week on the program, I did, hot, hot talk. I did admittedly complain about the fact that instead of just having a lesson in every episode, at the end of every episode of Modern Family, uh, they tell you what the lesson is directly to the camera over a montage of people learning the lesson. <laughs> um, uh, God, I, there was one that I really, there was one here that I really liked. Um, oh, somebody! Oh, remember when DC Pearson said self-awareness has reached its crack cocaine stage? Everyone can buy it, and it's destroying our communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really funny last week. Goodbye, um, Jordan. You talk while I find a tweet of the week. Okay. Um, hey, Josh, what are, yes. what are you going to do after this? After this, I'm going to go home. I will mm-hmm. get home in time yep. to. Hang out with my kids before they go to bed. Oh, that'll be fun. Yes. What my, son, my son always does that. When are you going to be back? Yeah. He likes to check in with me right before he goes to bed. So we're going to... We'll do a little reedy club. Oh, He'll okay. lie there and do his Ooh. reading. I will read uh, my book. I'm reading a book called uh, What Just Happened by Art Linson. Oh, throw a little it? plug there for Art Linson's 2006 sure. book, What Just Happened. And now in paperback. I got it from my library. Holy and shit. a crazy guy shit in the bathroom uh, when I was there getting it. I... Wait a minute. <laughs> shit dogs. Shit uh, I've got I've got one here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from at F Schroff. 
Ooh, one of the coveted at accounts. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. How'd you get that? At early, early adopter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, "I don't know if you guys have, have you guys seen the viral video sensation. What are you listening to? No. This is where people. This is where a camera person just goes around on the streets of a major city in the world and just interrupts people who have headphones in and ask them what ask them what they're listening to, and then it's edited together, sort of very artfully, mm-hmm. um, with the music or sounds that they're Clever. listening to. Clever. Uh, at F. Schroff says, I just got caught listening to J- Pound J.J. Go in the Rotterdam edition of What Are You Listening To? That's cool. If it that's wasn't Rotterdam, go. I wouldn't, but <laughs> since it is... Hey, that's a winner. Anyway, uh, uh, Florian, that's his real name, Florian. Nice. Florian, uh, email me your t-shirt size and your address, and we'll send off a t-shirt to you in, in Rotterdam. And everybody else, remember to talk about Jordan Jesse Go on the tweeters and hashtag at JJ Go. We'll talk to you next time right here on Jordan Jesse Go. Bye.